Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and today I am joined by my guy, Randy Dumalek. How you doing, Randy? What's up, Patrick? Off-season is, is in full swing. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, let's just uh, take a second to just breathe a massive sigh of relief that this season is over. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, I did not obviously want the Warriors to lose. But there is a part of me that's like, okay, my my uh, my level of uh, <laughs> of stress uh, every other night is is kind of decreased. How about you? Yeah, no, I I mean, uh, I watch all the games, so so it, you know it's super easy to get really into it and really almost emotional about it you know like you, of course you hate to see him lose but yeah like you said it's kind of a sigh of relief you know it's i mean i just watched uh lakers nuggets yesterday so i was like well i don't know if you could see the warriors <laughs> in denver so you know if, if it had to end in the second round you know that's that's how it's going to be this year so i i feel um a little bit of positivity you know obviously you hate to hate to lose that early but i think that um maybe it's kind of the wake-up call they need either to reshape the roster or to reshape how many vets they have. So I think it, you know, was probably the, what had to happen. (laughs) I did not watch the Lakers uh, Denver game. And that was, that was liberating, you know, Mm -hmm. not to have to be tied to the TV (laughs) to watch a very, very stressful game. So uh, I do miss the Warriors playing already, but I don't miss that uh, uh, head scratching vibe that they had all year long. Uh, before I forget, I just want to make a quick announcement. Uh, I well, this show, Oakland Warriors Podcast, has joined the uh, Fans First Podcast Network, Sports Network, FFSN. Uh, we actually joined like a month ago uh, after leaving uh, TBPN, the Basketball Podcast Network, which actually shut down <laughs> at the end of March, but joined up in April, but just haven't had a chance to mention it or talk about it because I've been too in the weeds on uh, these Warriors games, but I'm looking forward to the opportunity. It seems like there's some uh, great shows and great uh, other hosts out there. So looking forward to doing more and tinkering with this show, the formats, all that stuff now and into the future. Because for me, it's also the off season where I get to play with topic ideas, show ideas, and you know whatever whatever pops up in my head but that being said randy uh are you ready to you know to have a quick reflection on the season we just witnessed you and i did a preseason western conference prediction episode and uh you know like uh you weren't too bad. I was probably worse. <laughs> but, you know, you got the Nuggets at number one, so I'll give you that. Uh, and you know, the uh, let's see. You know, I don't have mine written down because yours are in the show notes. Uh, you had the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Mavericks, the oh. Suns, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, the Wolves, the Lakers. Um, Gotcha. That's not too bad. You know, it was a weird season for everybody when you kind of take a step back and and look at it. All these teams had so many problems. Everybody was stuck in the middle of the pack. It was so right. mediocre. Uh well, I know that I had Denver first, so that that's kind of validating for me. I know I, the Clippers were super high. Um Dallas was high. I mean, the, I didn't think the Lakers would make it, but I mean, you also take into account like midseason trades, you know, the right. Kyrie and traded away all their depth. Um, the Suns made a huge move. Like it, it's hard to think about. Like, oh, at the beginning of the year, like they didn't have KD, or or you know, KD was still on the Nets, and there's just all these different kind of dynamics. But as a whole, I mean, thought it was, went all right. <laughs> I feel feel pretty good. I think I could do have a better prediction next year. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I don't think there's anybody that predicted what happened, like from top to bottom uh, mm-hmm. in the in the league. Everybody assumed that the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George would be better. And then the Warriors that they, (laughs) I mean, I don't know how many episodes I did about uh, the Warriors youth movement early in the season where I was like, 
well, you know, <laughs> at least they serve their purpose. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, I, I'll give you the Nuggets one. That's a, that's a solid, solid pick. And I got to admit, the day the, the Warriors lost, I, I became a, a Nuggets fan. We'll see how that works out. Um, but uh, I actually want to go through and give grades, you know, grades to the whole Warriors kind of organization uh, starting with uh, the players because it, it was it's rough, man, and there's going to be a lot of change and upheaval. But um, are you are you game for this? Yeah, definitely. Okay, all right. So we're going in alphabetical order. So Patrick Baldwin Jr. What grade do you give him? Um, I mean, I guess I could give him like a B, B minus. You know, it's like he barely got on the floor, but when he was on the floor, you know, you could see the shooting stroke. You could see. Um, what he could do, you know, in the future, but it, it, when they take him, when they took him and they took Ryan Rollins, it was like, how many more rookies do you need? <laughs> like, like how much can they really realistically tribute contribute this year? How much time are they going to spend in the G league? So I can't say I watched, you know, every single second of his tape or anything. I know he had gotten sent down a few times uh, just to get some run, but yeah, I mean, given the circumstances, given kind of the, weird vibe around the team after that whole trip to Japan and then the Draymond pool thing. Uh, I don't know how much he really, really could have done. So B, B minus is probably where I'm at. I think he could uh, grow into something better next year and, you know, hopefully give him more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm high on the kid. I think B minus is fair though, just based on what we were able to see from him. Uh, Not entirely his fault per se, uh, but you know, uh, circumstances and he definitely wasn't afterthought this season. Uh, Steph, Steph, you have to give, I mean, an A, A-plus. I know he had uh, some freak injuries, right? He got hurt against the Pacers. Um, I think he got hurt against the Mavs, too, a couple times. Like, he he, had some, he missed some stretches of games, and so he wasn't entirely healthy. But once it was the playoffs, I mean, it was kind of like, you know, where would we be without this guy, right? Like, um, the rest of the roster was kind of, I mean, the whole year it was like, who has a second option? You know, like which which guy is it on any given night? But you always knew that that the first guy would be Steph. So, I think that out of all the guys, he probably takes, I guess, the least blame. It's it's a team game. You know, they lose together, they win together. But uh, just on a kind of individual performance basis, I, I think he had a great season. Have you ever been frustrated, or were you ever frustrated with Steph for anything this season? Like, because he's <sighs> such a golden boy and everything, and he, yeah. all those things you said are true. But uh, you know, sometimes. You know, you can look at people, not you in particular, but like people look at their heroes as infallible, but you know, just off the top of my head. Yeah. Um honestly, not not too much. I know that everyone on, on Twitter at least is clamoring for him to be like the LeBron type where he's like telling Bob Myers, you know, get this guy or trade these guys, trade these kids. Um, and I just don't really think he's ever had that vibe. Uh if he if he did have that, I mean, maybe it comes out this summer, right? Maybe they he wants to have more of an active voice. In, in reshaping the roster, but I think that, you know, the, the issues for, for the Warriors were more on kind of like a team trust dynamic base. It's not like, Oh, like your stars are not performing or anything. So yeah, I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't too much on Steph. <laughs> what about you? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, you know, I give him an, an a, uh, I mean, the only time, I mean, all the things that you said for sure. True. Um, I guess the only times I've been frustrated with him, uh, is the perception that he maybe enabled <laughs> Draymond a little bit too much, you know, yeah, uh, and enabled some of that stuff from, you know, punching pool. And then the idea that, uh, and this is a general thing with the vets who voted that Draymond shouldn't be suspended. So he could be there for ring night and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. you know, that just set like a, uh, that piled on to a weird tone that had already started after the video came out out but uh overall like steph yeah a his playoff performance did what he could uh i don't blame him for running out of gas and having tired legs and missing a bunch of threes in that game six against the lakers so you know all right hey great uh dante dante i would give probably like a just a solid b you know like i thought that he um he has a player option right so of course um there's always that view towards next year but in his first year as a warrior i thought he was able to contribute in a lot of different ways i didn't realize that he could cut as well as he did i thought that in the playoffs you know it, it was kind of a hit or miss thing where 
sometimes he'd contribute or other times he'd just be like, you know, over four, get, get nine mm-hmm. minutes. And, you know, so I, I don't think he was ever counted on to be a top four or a core guy, but as, as a bench piece, um, I think looking to next year, it's weird to see him and Gary Payton right back, back in the same roster. So I don't know if they make a decision there. I don't know if they move him almost to like a, to like a facilitating role. I mean, he, I thought that he was pretty, pretty reliable in that sense. But mm-hmm. yeah, I would say that, you know, apart from the playoffs and the kind of like rotation jumble mess, right? Like I thought he had a good first year. So I think a B is yeah. what him. Okay. Yeah. I actually thought B, I, I could give him a B plus, yeah. uh, but he definitely dropped because of the playoffs. I talked during the season that he was like the perfect warrior. And then <laughs> I think Gary Payton coming back kind of threw him off a tad. Right. And so, you know, his playoff performance, I mean, it was, it was kind of stunning how far he dropped off. Uh, again, we've talked about this before, and we all know that that player option is something that most likely he turns down because right. that's a player option you get when you're coming off of an injury so that in case you get hurt again, mm-hmm. uh, you pick it up and you're, you're covered for another year. But um, I think he made his money. I don't think he lost money at all in yeah, the playoffs. Uh, so love Dante DiVincenzo, but I think he's probably gone, especially, as you said, with Gary Payton on the roster so um okay moving on draymond green Gosh. <laughs> um, on, okay on the court on the court i i could give him a bb plus you know i thought he had uh he stayed relatively healthy right he's he's still an amazing defender still kind of the hub of the offense you know it's it's really just him and i mean they run a bunch of stuff during the regular season but you know, we've all seen in the playoffs, it's just Draymond and Steph, and then he gets the four on three. Like, it, that's just the bread and butter. So um, on the court, you know, I thought he was pretty much what, what they needed him to be. I know that uh, everyone wants him to score at least 10 points a game. Uh, everyone wants him to, you know, be more aggressive, take some more layups. But uh, I don't know how much growth or kind of change you expected in his game this year. So on the court, a B plus. Off the court, maybe a B minus, like... <laughs> um, I know that pool incident definitely like just threw off the vibe, you know, for, for who knows how long, you know, it could, I don't, I don't even know what you would do with that nowadays. Like it, I think they're definitely at a crossroads um, because even, even in the playoffs, right. You saw how, uh, how angry he was able to make the Kings, right. He's messing with them and he's getting in text, getting into all these little spats and that's, you know, what mm-hmm. you expect from him, right. And then you get to the Lakers series and he's like not really going at their top guys in the same way that he would have. And, you know, maybe that's because he's signed a clutch or maybe because it's LeBron or because, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, I think that at least on, you know, social media and just kind of the, the vibe I'm getting is that people sort of are, have a right to be upset with him at how he conducts himself. Um, I mean, they, there was that whole thing during the season where he was like, trying to miss the game that the Warriors were going to play to go see LeBron break the scoring record. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. he, actually, he actually asked Steve Kerr if he, if he would, you know, allow him to do that. And Kerr kind of shot it down, but I don't know. It's like, you know, I, I, you know, it's just a game. I know that they're all friends. It's like, it's a business, but you know, from a competitive standpoint, I think Warriors fans uh, would love to have seen him be a little more, have a little more animosity, you know, in that Lakers series, it sort of felt like, I mean, even after, right after game six, he, you know, he's over hugging uh, LeBron, hugging all the coaches on Lakers. And, you know, you see Steph clearly, you know, more upset. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some frustrations, obviously the, the pool thing could be a whole conversation in, you know, in itself, but I guess that averages out to a B, you know, is that, was that the last <laughs> So you gave him a B minus off court and then what on court? Probably like a B plus on court. I thought he was, he wasn't a bad basketball player, maybe a bad teammate. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. I give him a B on mm -hmm. court and an F off court. Uh, You know, like I think he's the only person we're going to do on court, off court. Yeah. right? Right. Because like we love Draymond Green. We know what he's meant to this team. Uh, there have been frustrations over the years because it's just like you kind of shrug your shoulders and be like, what, dude? Like, why? Yeah. Um, and I think 
you know, you alluded to something that I think uh, Bill Simmons talked about it, about how Draymond didn't do any of the Draymond stuff to LeBron or AD in yeah. that series. And yeah, that's frustrating. That's frustrating. Like a lasting juxtaposition in my mind is this image of Draymond starting the season, you know, punching pool. And then the ending image of him like hugging, hugging the hell out of LeBron after losing, you know what I mean? It was like really, really like tight. <laughs> it was very meaningful. It's like uh, they hadn't seen each other in years or whatever. So again, just made me shrug my shoulders and be like, Wait, what? And, you know, I've talked about this, but just to reiterate the idea that Yes, we know that the regular season is just a regular season. We know, we, you know, as Warriors fans have been trained to really focus on the playoffs and understand that you have to pace during the regular season. But just the basic eye test said that this not taking the season seriously and mouthing off and saying, I don't get up for games in March or, you know, these games don't mean anything right now. That clearly wasn't the case because these habits, they just – you're building these habits and then you are who you are and you do this. And I've been saying that all season. And, you know, there was this clip, the clip of him talking to Stephen A. Smith uh, and Smith asked him about the pool punch and asked him if that, if the Warriors would still be playing, if he didn't do that. And he said, yes, which I agree with, but I mean, you tell me what your thoughts were on what Draymond said. I mean, you know, like the the PG version is like no duh, right? Like, I mean, I, you'd hope that a team that had just won a title and basically kept all their guys um, would have been even stronger, right? You know, typically teams that win a title come back better the next year if they keep the core together and they, you know, um, everything kind of runs its course. But then, you know, with that incident going on, um, yeah, it just kind of threw a wrench in it. Like, you know, it, it's sort of like a meaningless hypothetical now it's like oh well if if Draymond doesn't punch pool or if you know if Steph doesn't tweak his shoulder in a weird way against the pace like it's at that point I don't know how much how much that means but yeah I I think that you know fans are a little frustrated with him (laughs) like yeah and to me it was a weird way for him to frame it yeah Uh, you know if if you're listening and you haven't uh, seen it just look it up on Twitter it's all over the place uh, he, he basically talks about how he had to take a step back. And by taking a step back, uh, the Warriors developed these habits, which I've talked about all year. And he actually used the phrase that I use all the time, which is like, you are who you are. You become who you are. And he spoke of it as if it happened to him. Yeah. So yeah. he's like, oh, by February, I felt like myself. I was like, well, how's Jordan Poole feel? You know, I mean, I'm super critical of Poole. But I'm also of the mindset that I wish he would speak up, but he can't because, for one, Draymond is the loudest guy in the room, and he's not going to win a war of words in the media, let alone in the locker room with him. And if he does win a war of words in the locker room, Draymond's just going to punch him in the face again. (laughs) So uh, I have mixed feelings about how he he talked about that because uh, it's really just framing this – this narrative as if like, Oh yeah, the pool punch, you know, uh, that happened. But you know, what really affected the team was that I took, I, I, I willingly took a step back. Dude, people didn't like you, <laughs> you know, people were mad at you, you know, like the, the young kids were probably like scared of you at that yeah. point, you know? So uh, I find that really, really frustrating. And I guess that kind of also goes to this whole, uh, enabling thing where it's like oh you know like i want him to get his ring we'll get through it we've been through worse but i don't know i don't know if they have been and clearly they couldn't get through this and this whole idea that i mean we've heard in steve Kerr's presser and then draymond talking about it that it's what we as fans were saying all season long that like oh this is probably kind of affecting the team and their mojo especially with so many young kids and everybody would be like no it just happens all the time and, you know, that's just how, you know, competitive athletics are and gaslighting this whole idea that it was a big deal and saying it's not. So I don't know. I still have like kind of, you know, I had issues with his team during the regular season and in the playoffs. I was able to kind of turn that spigot off because I was just focused on yeah. the Warriors trying to win and like what they can do and and enjoying the ride. But now it's all kind of coming back and and it kind of bugs me. So like, yeah, I give him an F for the off off court stuff. Uh, because 
he really, really just tanked uh, yeah. the the top of the season. And, um, you know, they've gotten through injuries before, but not necessarily this thing. So, uh, but, you know, he was good on the court when he actually felt like competing. So, you know, right. um, did you see that? Did you see that clip where he's talking about um, how Looney had hit AD in the, with the forearm, right? And how mm-hmm. Draymond had this soundbite where he was like, one small hit to your head could change your life. And people were like, oh, gosh. Draymond was no yeah. Oh man, yeah. Like I, I don't know. I'm seeing like little hints and and wrinkles of obviously his biases and who his friends are. Yeah. And then when he retires and if he becomes like this talking head media guy, like mm-hmm. I can see his corniness coming out because it's so just obvious how he's slanted. You know, yeah. it'll be like lighten up, like um. Oh, Bronny James is the next MVP in two years, you know, once, once the kid gets to the league or something like that. Uh, let's, let's just keep going. I got, I got more on that stuff, but uh, let's get through some of these other guys quicker. Jermichael Green. Okay. Jermichael Green, C+. Plus. You know, I, I, again, you, I don't think he was a viable replacement for a guy like Otto Porter or, or even Bielitsa, right? Like, uh, who could have stretched the floor and even honestly, you know, matched up defensively with a few different guys better than expected. Um, I think that would also kind of threw a wrench in, in Jermichael Green's season was the Wiseman kind of debacle situation <laughs> where he was like, you know, like we have a, a veteran backup center, but we have this, you know, high lotto pick that we also want to play center. Um, and so during the beginning of the season, it was like, you know, which one of them is going to get minutes, but um by by the end of the year, like I don't, just don't know if he quite put it together, you know, night in night out the way that maybe he wanted to or the organization saw him doing. You know, like I think that uh, the shooting stroke was kind of hit or miss. There were times where he was really hitting it. You know, he'd hit three or four in a game, and then there were times where it's like can't even play him. Like he'd just pass up those shots, or he's just like not quite in the scheme. So I'd put him at like a C plus. Again, he's not expected to be a core guy or, or someone contributing. You know. X amount of points or helping you win X many X games. But uh, yeah, you know, could you have found someone better? Probably, but you know, it is, <laughs> I think C plus is probably where I'd put them. Yeah. I give them a C minus and I will be the first to admit I was so, so wrong about that signing. I thought he would be good enough. And I thought that, you know, kind of in tandem with the young guys being better yeah. Um but Jamichael Green just was not it. You know what I mean? I thought he'd just be like a, a slightly like leaning big man version. Whereas Otto Porter Jr. can play, you know, I mean, small ball center, but usually plays power forward down. Right. I thought Jamichael Green would play power forward up. And his shooting stroke was supposed to be consistent, right? He had a regularly consistent uh, career as of late, except for like one down year, I believe. Right. But yeah, he just was not, I mean, I groan when he would uh, get on the court. And so uh, funny dude, if you ever look at his Instagram stories, like he just shares stuff from like other stuff that he thinks is funny and it always cracks me up. So I highly recommend that. But uh, outside of that, I give uh, the dude C minus and I don't expect him to be back next season. Andre. Gosh, Andre. <laughs> I mean, it's almost one of those like Pat, Patrick Baldwin situations where it was like, yeah, of course, you know, you're a vet. You, I mean, in a different sense, like you're a vet, you're obviously here to um, mentor some guys off the court and, and almost be like this kind of assistant coach during games on the bench. And yeah, it's like, I know that he had said, you know, I'll, I'll run it back one more year. Like, is, is this how he's going to go out? Is he going to retire now? Like, I, I don't know how to grade his presence just because so much of what, what he was bringing to the team was probably, you know, not available to the public, right. You know, we're not going to go watch their practices. We're not going to go, you know, see their, you know, huddles or their meetings in the locker room. Like, and that's probably where, you know, his, his expertise and his knowledge uh, was most useful, right? Like he's not going to go out and play 15 minutes a night even. So I think that it's like a B, it's like B minus. Like you'd you'd think yeah. that he helped, but you know, you you also think about like the guys that he would sort of be mentoring, right? Kuminga, maybe Wiggins, like hopefully pool a little bit, you never know. Like and yeah, I don't know how much you could 
do with his pre- I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of a wash for me. It's like great, he was there, but I don't know how much yeah. of it was made. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm refraining. Like I'm not going to give incompletes to people. Yeah, so yeah. I'll, I'll, I mean, I think a, a B minus is fair. Just I mean, you can't fault the guy for being old. <laughs> and I, I was, I was expecting him to come back. I wanted to see him get a fifth ring as well. So I was all for that. Um, you know, we knew he wouldn't play much, uh, but it was disappointing that he would play literally like three games, then go out yeah. and that he couldn't get back on the court was a shame. But once he broke his wrist, I was like, he's not coming back because I didn't think the Warriors would last that long, to be honest, although they almost did. But um, I'll give him a B minus because a lot of it was out of his control. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure he was a positive overall to have on the um and, and it's not his fault you know i mean like i don't think in the middle of the season he's gonna be like i'm gonna retire yeah and so yeah. you guys can sign some other guy to stick at the end of the bench so uh you know love andre thank you for all that you've done all right <laughs> um ty jerome think you had 10 seconds for him <laughs> I Jerome about a, honestly like a b plus like i know that yeah. he was never going to be you know a guy and he's he has pool as who's supposed to be kind of the backup point guard and six man but he seemed dependable, you know, like if he came back on, on some type of minimum deal or I, I mean, whatever, you know, whatever he's worth, but yeah, good, good vibes, you know, didn't quite get to know him for too long, <laughs> but you know, yeah, like, yeah. Have a, I have a solid, solid opinion of him. I think he, I think he was a good basketball player. <laughs> yeah. He, he impressed me. I'll give him a B plus, yeah, but uh, for sure, just imagining him in the playoffs, he would have been, annihilated on defense so i'll leave it at that um kaminga uh kaminga you probably give like like a c i mean i think if you know out of anyone he's probably the most disappointed in in how this season kind of went for him and and how like in the first few games he wasn't even getting minutes um there was a stretch of games where he got maybe 20 minutes a night and was starting to maybe find something but you know by the end of the regular season like he still hadn't quite established himself right like they were playing lamb they were playing um really just a bunch of different lineups they were putting gary out there by the end where he's basically a big man big small you know six three big man like i think that um it's probably the most like this is probably the most important offseason so far in in his career it's not like he you know like he had just finished his second year. <laughs> but I think that this, if he could improve and he really brings something like he, I, I want him to contribute next year, but I think yeah. this year was probably not how we wanted it to go. Like development wise. I mean, I, I give the kid an A minus. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like I, I thought he had a great year. Um, I, I've spoken about my frustrations about him not playing in right. the, in the postseason. I understand. Cause I remember, his last legit playing time, he he messed up two possessions in a row, like on offense, on defense, and Kerr just pulled him. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's a whole other issue of accountability and who gets a, a longer leash than others. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the idea that he played so well before Peyton got on the court, before Wiggins got on the court, and then all of a sudden he gets uh, shafted. So, um, you know, a whole nother conversation about his role and where he goes moving forward and, and what the various interests are in uh, amongst the team and what he does. Uh, right. But we'll get to that. Um, we'll get to that for sure. I got, I got like a whole episode of stuff to talk about Kaminga. Uh, Lamb. I guess he was what you needed him to be in the, for the time being, you know, I, it, it's like you ha- saw him play during the regular season and Kerr is like, Oh, we need these experienced guys. It's like, where, where's his experience from? Like, I, I mean, he's how many other teams has he played on? Like, it's not like he is an eight year vet. I don't know. People were, were upset about, you know, he had all these allegations. He had all this off court. I mean, people were just upset that he was on the team in the first place. So even, you know, yeah. once he got on the court, any contribution he made was like, I guess <laughs> it's like, again, like he's not going to be a core guy. Like, I I'm not sure yeah. what exactly he brought, at least consistently. Like, could you have gotten someone better in that Ty Jerome, Anthony Lamb, Ryan Rollins? Like, you know, those three or four kind of end of bench guys, like, could you have turned that into something? Maybe, maybe not. But mm-hmm. I, I I don't really include him as sort of a central part of, of the team of the narrative this year. Like they screwed themselves without him. I don't know how much <laughs> without how much he helps. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he should thank Draymond for his own being on the team for Lamb because, like, yeah. Draymond knocking the team off kilter and then uh, the season going so weirdly, it forced Kerr to play, quote-unquote, vets, right, guys who had yeah. experience and whatnot. And, I mean, I think Lamb's performance on the court, I give him, like, a C-. minus. Yeah. Uh, I don't personally want him on the team for all those other reasons, uh, right. so I'll give that an F. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, just the idea that, you know, still like he took time away from Kaminga from Moody, who all of a sudden yeah. learned how to play basketball again in the playoffs. Right, right. Uh, and Kerr said recently that he was the first one to the offensive rebounds. I'm like, really? Okay. Really? Like, is that all it was? Yeah. <laughs> Are you telling me the whole, all season long, Moses Moody refused to rebound or refused to get in there? We know that Kaminga has some rebounding questions and stuff. Uh, but, you know, I, I find that, you know, like uh, those those pressers are just all PR anyway, and it's all spin. So I find that kind of questionable uh, in general. I think all of it was also panic moves right, uh, right. by Kerr and the organization. And I think a lot of it was, you know, we hear this all the time that the vets have input on who plays because it's all about earning those minutes. You're not just going to throw somebody out there who's young because they're a prospect. So. You know, that's uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, blame in that respect. Um, so that's all I'll ever say about Anthony Lamb from here on forward. I guess I, I, don't, expect him, I don't expect him on the roster, uh, uh at the start of next season. <laughs> like, no, I bet because I joked around that, like, well, basketball gods after Draymond Punch and Pool, and then after having Anthony Lamb on the team the whole season into the playoffs, they're not going to let this team advance to the finals. <laughs> you know, There's just too much weird vibes and too much yeah, weird yeah. karma around that stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't expect Lamb around next year. Kavon Looney. I love Looney. I think Looney gets an A. Like, he played every game. It's it's so I mean I'm almost like proud of him as like as just a fan like he, he played every game he's he's grabbing all these boards he's matching up with all these guys who and he's like showing consistently how underpaid he is right like with with who he's matching up against and just how vital he is to creating second chance points or just grabbing rebounds and on a team that really didn't have another center right like or at least another mm -hmm. center that really knew the system I mean Jermichael Green had just gotten here. Uh, Wiseman was in like his like his second rookie year, <laughs> like so. Mm -hmm. Like I I don't know they they might have been a lotto team <laughs> without Looney. Like I don't I don't know man. Um, yeah, he gets he gets an A. I thought that he, I mean in the playoffs he was pulling down like twenty rebounds a night. Like I I don't know how much more he could do. Like his hips are washed. You know he's not going to be scoring a ton a ton. But yeah, love Looney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. He, yeah, I'd give the dude an A plus just yeah. because again, played every game, super healthy, does the lunch pail stuff, and he rose up to the occasion in the playoffs. Yeah, against the Lakers, you know, they exploited things that he can't do. Yeah. But his ability to rebound and play defense got I mean, got them through the Kings series as much as almost as much as Steph did, right? So uh, I give him an A plus, and it's crazy because just a couple years ago, after Wiseman got drafted, Looney's singing Wiseman's praises and talking about how you know Wiseman is the the future, and you know Lo Looney <laughs> already accepting like kind of taking that step back, and he's a guy who, whenever he's been a free agent, <laughs> no other team has really wanted him, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I love what he's been able to do. So I, I joke about like him getting his statue, but oh, he may not statue. get a statue, but at a certain point, dude might get his uh, number retired. I think, I don't know. I think that that'd be great. I mean, I, I don't know any Warriors fan who, who would not want to see that, you know, it's like, of course. Yeah. He's not going to, he's not the lights out three point shooter. He's not going to be like the flashy kind of dynasty plays, but it's like everything else, right. All the rebounds, yeah. all the ugly plays, like, yeah. Build him a statue by, by the yeah, start of yeah. the <laughs> All right. Uh, Peyton. Peyton, I think you give like a B, B minus B. Like, again, it's it was crazy that how he'd even come back to the team in the first place, right? Like how he, in the offseason, they didn't want to match the contract that, that Portland had given him, so he left. And then by the end of the year, they had just got him, gotten him back on that same contract, right, that they mm -hmm, mm -hmm. signed him to. Um, 
Yeah, I know that he I don't know if he was necessarily as good as he was last year, but you know, a lot of the um kind of just on ball defense, ball hawking, like, you know, you needed it. I don't know how much it could have done, you know, there there were some other glaring holes on the team, right? That it's not like he's gonna come in and just solve everything. But uh yeah, I mean I'd I'd expect him to be probably the seventh guy in the rotation next year, like seventh, mm-hmm. eight, definitely, you know the first kind of on-ball defender guy. Like if they have like a, I don't know, like a Terrace Ross, just like bench microwave scorer type, like, yeah, you put Peyton on him. So Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, the fact that you have him for two more years is pretty good because after, you know, in two years, I don't know where the team is, right? Like, you know, Draymond has a player option. You you don't even know who's going to be back next year. So, I mean, I'm I'm on the team, so... Yeah, I'll, I'll give Peyton a B minus. I mean, it's not his fault he got hurt, um, yeah. and uh, I give him props for coming back. He probably could have sat out longer, or should have maybe, uh, but he had moments in the playoffs where it was clear how vital he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a shame though that Kaminga had to suffer losing some minutes because Peyton was there, even when Peyton was sick in the playoffs or when he wasn't effective, but. Uh, He'll be better next year, hopefully. Hopefully he's more healed up, and hopefully he's just not, like, getting older. Okay, Jordan Poole. <laughs> um, gosh, Poole, Poole is so weird because, honestly, like, during the regular season, like, he and Clay were kind of carrying them for, for stretches at a time. I mean, you know, Steph is out. Um, Wiggins is out. I mean, so many people miss time. And I know that, you know, after the punch, it was kind of this weird, like, well, you know, what's the rest of the year going to play out like type of thing. And... I thought that in the regular season, at least, like he had risen to the occasion, you know, like I know he's not, he, um, and by the playoffs, it was very much a different story, but I thought that, you know, he, I think he had career highs in like two different categories. Like it wasn't like a complete wash of a year. He had a bad postseason run, but like, I don't, I don't necessarily know if moving him this off season is like the way to go. I know people are like, Oh, like trade him for OG trade him for, you know, Markel Fultz. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think he's worth keeping around, you know, another, uh, another season or two, at least like he's only what 22, 23. Like he's clearly, yeah. Got, yeah, got, got room to improve. And um, yeah, I, I think that he, you know, has what it takes, right? Like it, it doesn't, again, the playoffs is, is a different story and, you know, he was just, I think everyone by the playoffs, it was just like the five had shifted. Like Clay is missing super easy shots. Pool is mm-hmm. you know, it's like not not doing it. So yeah, disappointing postseason run. But you know, for the year, I'd give him a B, B plus. Like I thought he was a pot, you know. There there are rooms to grow, but he clearly means something to the team. You are a far more generous man than I. <laughs> I no, yeah, I mean it was frustrating in the playoffs, but like at at the same time, it's like you know it, he wasn't the only guy dragging him down. Like Clay had a pretty bad postseason run. Um, Wiggins was kind of hitting mm-hmm. like he had some good games, and I mean he had missed forty games at the end of the season. So getting him back at all was like oh crap, like you know. I'm waffling between a B minus C plus for pool because uh, since the season's ended, I've been a little bit more generous because he got smacked in the face and became like a laughing stock throughout the basketball watching world. And, uh, you know, to me, the playoffs for him were, were, were God awful, but, you know, and he he was woefully inconsistent during the regular season, you know, doing, you know, dribbling off his face, whatever, (laughs) try like getting (laughs) juking himself out of his own moves. Right, Right. And, taking terrible threes and costing him this. But I will also give him credit for being yo-yoed basically between the bench and the starting spot and being stuck behind Clay Thompson, who if Clay didn't get hurt, I mean, I wonder how his attitude about his game and how his ego would, would be right now. Right. Uh, but if I'm Jordan Poole, um, you know, it's like there was a lot – he had to do, he had to carry a lot and stuff was out for a while. And clay was sitting on second nights of back-to-backs for a long time. So 
it was a very, very unique, difficult position he was in. That being said, I got to knock him for his erratic play, for his trash defense, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that also, I've talked about this before, like that also goes to, at least my opinion, like the coaching staff and the vets enabling him and allowing him to, to play defense. They may not have had a choice to, you know, who they're going to roll out there right. when Steph is injured, but, you know, like, uh, if you're not going to force him to play defense, he's not going to play defense in the playoffs, and you're going to sit him, right? Yeah. Like, that's, like that's just going to happen. He doesn't know how to play defense properly, and uh, so I'll give him. If I'm if I'm feeling like uh, when I hear Draymond talk, I will give Poole a B minus. But before that, you know, <laughs> when I'm just remembering some pool plays that yeah, stick yeah. out to me there, like, there was a few, like uh, end of yeah. game moments where there were that maybe at least like three or four or maybe five where it was just like you know inexcusable mistakes he and clay uh they carried them for a lot as their two main scorers with steph out and wiggins out but they were also the two dudes who started the season really really poorly yeah again pool who knows? Maybe he, he, the kid looked shook for a long time. I thought he would snap out of it, but uh, mm-hmm. apparently, he, yeah, he didn't. And then, um, I mean, we'll get to we'll get to Clay, but um, you know, Poole was was uh, maybe the whole season long. He was probably, I think, the most aggravating on court player because he was doing. He, he'd have so many highs and so many lows, and he had the ball so much, right? Uh, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to skip over Quinones and Brian Rollins, to be honest. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, okay, Clay Thompson's next in the alphabet. Cool. Clay, I mean, regular season, you give him like an A-. minus. I mean, he led the league in threes, um, mm-hmm. playing back-to-backs. He, you know, he's not going to be quite what he was on on the defensive end. I think that he, this year in, in particular, got really into kind of just heat-checking himself out of out of the games. Kind of, you know, some nights where he just like, you know, hit his first shot and then he'd take five more. And now he's like two for eight or whatever, one for like, and it just kind of takes the whole whole team out of rhythm. But, mm-hmm. you know, at this, you know, in the playoffs, obviously went not the way he wanted him to. And it's like at this point in his career, like, is he it's like, what what is what exactly is he trying to accomplish? Right. Like, is he trying to return to this all star form, you know, which seems less and less likely every day? Is he you know, eventually going to be almost this Manu type who goes to the bench. Like, I don't even know. Um, I mean, his contract is still huge, right? He's They announced, like, right before the game one of, I think, the Lakers series, right, where he, he was looking for a max extension. Um, and, yeah, it's like, again, it was a great, I think, regular season for him. Um, first full one after, after coming back from those injuries. But by the playoffs, I think he'd run out of gas, you know, like he was shooting so much and carrying a lot in the regular season that by, you know, April, March, like it just wasn't quite where he needed him to be. The legs are shot, like the easy shots weren't falling. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cause I don't think I, I don't know how badly he actually played. It's just like the shots he got were the shots that he's always making like in any other play, but you know, in the playoffs, he was just missing all of them. <laughs> Right, right, right. I'll give Clay a B plus. Uh, yeah. I, all the great things that he did this year, uh, really impressive. Right, just he's mm-hmm. not going to be who he was on the defensive end, uh, or even just you know get into the basket as much as he was right before his injury that that twenty eighteen nineteen season when he was expanding his game. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I think when he started hitting like a ton of threes and really getting his numbers up, it was impressive. It was really impressive. Um, I'm knocking him for the slow start, which I understand, right? He has the mental block about not playing during the summer because that's when he hurt his Achilles. Uh, But also he was such a shot hunter early on. And again, not that I'm (laughs) maybe because the, the young dudes, the lotto picks, all these guys are, so young, maybe I'm kind of protective over these young kids, but uh, you know, they deserve some blame, but also it's like clay wasn't ready to go. And he is their second most important player uh, in terms of scoring, Mm -hmm. or at least he was supposed to be. And, you know, John with Devin Booker waving those corny 
four fingers at everybody, right? It's like, okay, you know, the, prove it, you know, show it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was uh, troublesome, uh, contributed to the start for sure of this season going uh, south. Um, and then, you know, just it, it was probably some legs into the playoffs. But, man, you just can't have – some of those shot hunting uh, possessions he had against the Lakers – were were rough, especially that one that got went viral because he saw Steve Kerr like throwing his hands up and Draymond going like, "Why?" <laughs> like also throwing his hands up, right? Yeah. Like they were down by like one or something or two, and right. they went for they went for an early shot clock three, which was horrendous. Yeah, was uh, and they lost that game four. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'm knocking for that, and then you know game six, like it's just yeah, uh, he can make those shots, but he didn't. Some of it is fatigue, some of his legs, but at a certain point, it's like. You know, it's it's too bad, but I'll give him a B plus. I think he needs to figure out what, or that he and the team and whomever is going to be there, they need to figure out where he fits, right? Where he fits, what his future is. Um, but uh, you know, that's a that's a conversation for for uh, for later in terms of contract and role. I've talked about like you know, I mean, if he didn't get hurt, would he be more ready to slip into that Manu off the bench role? Clearly he's not because he's still trying to recapture like right. his early thirties, well, those lost years. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering where his head's at once yep. all the recency bias and all the emotion kind of settles. Okay. Last one, Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins, I feel like is, is sort of the barometer guy for, for the Warriors. Like if Wiggins is playing well, it's, I don't want to say it's hard for them to lose because they, they found some impressive ways to lose <laughs> this season, but uh, you know, just, I know he missed a lot of time. His, his dad got sick. Like there was this whole weird thing around his absence, like all these stupid rumors or whatever. But right. yeah, I think that when he was on the court, like um, it, it showed us like what the team is supposed to look like. And it just, it sucked that for so much of the year, it was like, Oh, this is everyone, but Wiggins or it's everyone, but staff or everyone, but you know, whoever else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, of course, if they were fully healthy, yeah, maybe the playoffs look different. Maybe he gets way more rhythm in like he's, he's, um, locked in more so. I mean, he he basically came back like for the playoffs. He just started game one against Sacramento and was like, "Yeah, he's back." <laughs> like, so mm-hmm. again, I think that you know the circumstances, the stuff that he couldn't control, um, derailed the season. But I thought he, you know, I don't think he regressed in any you know horrible way or anything. I thought he, he played pretty well. Um, he's still. I don't think he's someone you you look at moving as much as you might look at moving a pool or Kuminga or, you know, I, I still see kind of Wiggins and, and Looney as, I mean, those sort of 25 to 30 guys look like the bridge, you know, if, if sure. Steph play and Draymond are, you know, uh, like in their mid thirties now, and then you really only have Wiggins and Looney, right? Like there's not a lot of mm-hmm. like mid-level, I don't know if you, what you call them, like eight-year vets. I mean, Steph and Clay are in like yeah. 10, 12, whatever now. But, you know, the the experience was definitely valuable. I just wish that he had played more, honestly. So my grade for him is like B, <laughs> B, B minus people. I don't know. That's, that's yeah. kind of what with most of these guys. That Now I'm, I'm kind of realizing. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give Wiggins uh, a B. He, to me, like he was the other guy besides Steph, the other vet who came into the season as if he just was shot right out of the finals. Mm-hmm. And then he got hurt. He was out longer than he'd ever been. It took him a while to kind of get back to where right. he was. Um, and then, you know, he just wasn't available because of uh, his family app, uh, family issues. And then when he came in playoffs, like his shot was a little bit off, but his competitiveness and his, aggression for the most part was solid. And then I appreciate the game six go out there and play, didn't play well, took a couple shots to the chest uh, from LeBron in the post early on. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, I, I give him a, 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 a B, B plus B plus. Cause I like him. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then that being said, all right. How do you grade Kerr? Uh, I was going to, yeah, I was going to ask that. Like, I don't know how much you expect from his style, at least. Like, he, I don't know who his you know, influences are as a leader or anything, but, you know, like, 
you come in, you have this Draymond pool incident, like I'm not sure whose kind of decision it was. I know that they had talked to the vets about whether they suspend Draymond or not, or just kind of how that is facilitated. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if you could say it was a disappointing year for him as a coach. I mean, he's still, I think he's basically one of the longest tenured guys now, right? It's him, Popovich, Spolstra, like everyone else. Yeah, he's he got third. Fired, right? Yeah. He's like, third. yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it would be, it would be weird for me for, to me, it'd be weird for them to move off of him right now. I mean, unless that, unless one of Draymond or Clay is gone, like, I think he's still kind of the guy you need, uh, need coaching, but you know, people were upset in the playoffs that he was kind of sticking to that motion offense that kind of got stale. And, you know, everyone has seen these actions thousands of times where it's like handoff, handoff, entry pass, handoff, handoff, blah, 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 blah. Like just like cuts and like nothing really, substantial happening um mm-hmm. and that was probably one of the more frustrating parts of the postseason right because as soon as they would just run pick and roll with with Steph and whoever either a big or some type of mismatch um it pretty much worked like I know that Twitter Twitter was really really into this they were like getting all these <laughs> yeah they were <laughs> pick and roll numbers uh pick and roll frequencies how many things you know how many blah 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 blahs did you run like um yeah I mean i I think i could grade him at like the b minus i think that you know if he'd come down a little harder on on draymond in the beginning of the year like maybe they could have healed some stuff maybe it could have gotten better faster like or not i mean maybe they mm-hmm. just kind of dooms but um yeah it's it's hard to to manage all these young guys who expect playing time and were high lotto picks and like want to go out there mm-hmm. and, and do the thing versus all these vets who have done the thing, but now, you know, there's almost like a weird, like, are they, are these young guys trying to take our minutes or are the vets taking away from the young guys development? Um, I'm not sure you find a better coach to, to handle that situation, but yeah, I, I don't know if I put too much blame on him. I mean, it's just like, a, it was a bad season um, by the end of yeah. it. It's like, it mo- I feel like everyone around the team could just kind of relay that kind of message, right? Like vibes were just off. It just wasn't quite right, either whether it was roster, whether it was, you know, the dynamic. So for Kerr, I'd probably give like a just a B minus B. Like mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily like remember like, oh, like that was a genius. You know, he subbed in this defender. He's, you know, ran this play. I know that he loves his out of timeout plays and all that. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't say I'm putting too much of that on him. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I give him a C. Kerr, I give him a C. Yeah, um, I, I think he should be loyal to the vets. I think he should be loyal to Draymond. But again, maybe I'm just uh, using the same words over and over again, but the accountability and the enabling. And it's not just Draymond punching pool. It's putting everything on the young guys. And I'm not trying to say that the young guys are all good enough to play and compete, but it felt like the panic move of, you know, let's play Lamb, let's play Ty Jerome, um, let's play Jamichael Green over right. Wiseman after Wiseman got healthy. Uh, let's, you know, let's let Poole do what he wants. And like Clay, let's let Clay be Clay, all this stuff. And, you know, some of that to me, you know, maybe the season was just done from the very beginning, right? Maybe it was unsalvageable because there were such weird vibes and then things just kept going wrong, right? Like Steph going out, Wiggins going out, Wiggins being gone, Steph going out again. I like Kerr and it's not a question of get, getting rid of Kerr. I want to, I think he should stay. Uh, absolutely. I'm not one of those people who says get rid of him yeah. uh, because the question of like who else is out there. I mean, yeah, there's more people out there now because a bunch of people got fired. Uh, but that's, that's not the point to me. It's just kind of judging it based on how he has been before. And I'm, I'm a big Kerr fan. Like when people called him out a few years ago for saying chasing wins in the, in the, uh, yeah, yeah. in the playing season, I thought that was, I thought that was BS. Like I just was like, oh, man, people are on Twitter just uh, making this a big deal. But um, you know, I, I found some flaws in the way he approached some of his decisions. And I think those had repercussions throughout the season and then into the playoffs when guys could not tighten it up and play playoff basketball um, Mm -hmm. properly. 
we'll see. And then <laughs> sometimes I get annoyed with his his spin on things in these pressers and whatnot. But you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm just a fan. He knows more basketball than I do, but it is what it is. What about uh, I'll I'll do combo Myers and Lacob. I, I feel like maybe this uh, you know how much they can control is you know you can debate that, but maybe they bit off like more than they could chew. I think last year. Um, they, you, you win the chip, you have all these young guys on the roster. Uh, if you look at the rotation in the finals, like that was all Otto, Gary Payton, Bielitsa. Like it wasn't a lot of Kuminga. It wasn't a lot of, you know, Wiseman was not playing, right? Like, I don't know how mm-hmm. much. Um, and then maybe, you know, they figured like, oh, we can go into this year. We'll have these young guys just getting better. Like it'll all work out. But yeah, I think it probably took them a little longer than, some fans would have liked right to realize that maybe Wiseman wasn't the best fit or to realize that um yeah I mean they I don't know if they would count the, the free agent acquisitions as like adequate right like it I think the bench was pretty clearly worse than last year's uh they couldn't win road games this year right like uh if that group stays together I expect them to be more aggressive before the start of next season but I also wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if Myers went and joined the Clippers or he joined, you know, just went kind of a separate way and, and started a new chapter because uh, I don't know if you saw, but they had been sending uh, Mike Dunleavy Jr. to like all these different yeah. kind of draft events and these different just kind of GM mixers, <laughs> basically. Like, just, uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, maybe he's a natural successor, maybe, maybe not. Like, I think yeah. that if, yeah. if Myers is not here, I expect like, more moves than maybe we've ever seen. Like you could see a couple trades. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I, I, this year I'd probably give them like a B minus C plus, you know, it clearly wasn't entirely their fault, but there were some glaring roster holes that they could have done more to address. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's tough because like, I think, and, and, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of homegrown talent of the lotto picks and everything and right. the two timeline thing. People say, oh, it's never worked, but name me a situation where you have uh, three, maybe four Hall of Famers, even though if the fourth one would be Andre doesn't play, and then three high lottery picks. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen that. Um, the closest I've ever seen anything close is like I mean, you look at the '86 Celtics getting Len Bias, R.I.P., and that's the closest thing, right? Mm-hmm. And he didn't obviously didn't play, so people saying it's never happened. And yeah, I I've said before, and I still stick with this. It's like, I wanted to see Wiseman, you know, I wanted to see if he was any good. I want to see how he'd perform. And so why would Lakeham give up on him right away? And I think in terms of Myers, yeah, like, you know, uh, B minus in that respect, but he did similar stuff that he did the year before, right? Like getting uh, vets and guys on, on the relatively cheap, which is all you can do with the top heavy uh, salary. And you hit and you miss sometimes, right? You right. hit on Otto Porter Jr. Didn't get hurt last year. He got hurt this year for the Raptors. Gary Payton the second. Hey, let's so let's be honest. Uh, beginning of last year's preseason, Steph and Draymond wanted Avery Bradley too, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it's like, come on. So uh, he hit on that more than anyone ever thought that would be. Right. Uh, and then Bielitsa, everybody was decrying uh, Bielitsa throughout the regular season so they performed in the playoffs and it just didn't happen this year you got DiVincenzo who performed during the regular season who was also out at the beginning of the season so that hurt their bench even more and then DiVincenzo couldn't do it in the post postseason uh Jamichael Green we already talked about him you know maybe you know and, and you alluded to this earlier and I've talked about this too it's like when you have three lotto guys maybe you don't pick Baldwin maybe don't pick Rollins maybe yeah. that's the the arrogance there where you just totally backload right. on young prospects because if you have three guys who are lotto picks hey use fine keep Andre right 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 but use Rollins use Baldwin slots on vets quote unquote just in case the other guys ain't ain't ready and right. so I think that's that in hindsight you know, not that I knew this because I liked some of these moves early on, but maybe to me that is the the flaw that beyond mm-hmm. like you know the the punch from uh, uh, Draymond that roster wise that's the one that um, maybe did them in. And I know it's kind of weird to kind of lump 
uh, Myers and link up together because everybody's saying like, oh, there's Myers wanted this probably and yeah. Lincoln wanted this, that, and the other. But you know, um, and I did see that stuff about Dunleavy, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's just because. <laughs> Myers isn't signed yet. So they're just like, Hey, we're not there yet. And, you know, Myers is very, a very measured speaker, thoughtful guy. He's like, Hey, we're not there yet. Uh, so, you know, just in case it'd be good for the franchise. If, if um, we put uh, Mike out there uh, just in case, just in case. So that, that's all I'm hoping for. I hope Myers comes back uh, for, for this. Cool, man. Uh, wow. I didn't think it would take that long to go through the whole know, roster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one, one more, one more. I forgot the, the, uh, everybody's favorite. What is your grade for, uh, James Wiseman this past season? Dude. I mean, you just wanted to see more. I mean, like I, I can't, I actually, I was able to, once he got traded to Detroit, I was, I was visiting my, my brother in Chicago and we actually caught a bulls game, bulls pistons game. <laughs> so I was able to see it. I was like, yo, yeah. big Jim. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I mean, he just wasn't quite on that timeline, right? Like he, I think yeah. that in order for him to to become uh, the player who's as good as he you know could be, like he'd have to make more mistakes and he'd have to you know stay on the floor after making those mistakes to to try it again and to you know just workshopping different parts of his game. And I don't know what they were thinking when they drafted him. I don't know if they thought he was more ready or if they thought they could develop him faster. I know that they had hired like. Um, the, their mm-hmm. big man coach, right? Uh, who was like, "Oh, Jokic's old trainer." Um, so right. that yeah. was for his second year. Yeah, yeah, right. I think that it's like a C. Like again, he wasn't gonna. Um, I don't know how many people saw him like getting big minutes by the end of the year. I know that people wanted that. Um, it made sense to at least try, right? Like there were some weird moments in the beginning of the season where like he just wouldn't get on the floor. It was like, what exactly is preventing this? Like, even if it, the game is already lost, it's like you might as well throw him out there for seven, eight minutes. <laughs> like, um, yeah. yeah, and yeah, I think that it, it was probably just frustrating overall. So, I mean, I, I'd, I'd hope he's a good player. I'd, I'd think that uh, Detroit is a cool place for him. I think that you know, if he learns to play with Cade and learns to play with Jalen Duran, um, I mean, who knows, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, it was probably better for him to get that get that fresh start, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I'm happy yeah. for him. I wish he could have been a good player on the Warriors, but you know, he's not not dead. He's fine. He's he's gonna have a long career. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's 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 good to go. He, yeah. At yeah. least you know he has more money than me. I don't know about you, but <laughs> <laughs> he's good. He's good. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I give him a B minus. You know, I've, yeah. I've talked ad nauseum about that dude and um uh again i thought he unfairly became a scapegoat he has his inherent flaws as a guy who i've said doesn't have enough dog in him um Mm -hmm. we'll see if that changes but um i wish that i wish he didn't hurt his ankle uh and i wish kerr played him when he was healthy enough again and didn't lean towards to michael green who all of a sudden saw the writing on the wall and started hitting his shots right, <laughs> before right. the trade deadline <laughs> before he could get cut and um I, I you know i also think that you know the vets kind of at a certain point were like they didn't want him on the team you mm-hmm. know maybe because they just knew he wouldn't help them win but also because they saw the writing on the wall like the more salary that somebody takes up the less likely you can pay Draymond and Steph wants Draymond. And he finally kind of flexed like LeBron does uh, in that respect around the trade deadline. So, um, but yeah, I'll be rooting for the kid from afar. All right. Any final thoughts? I think that it's, it's probably the most interesting off season since probably the one where Clay got hurt. I mean, they, they did some weird stuff there. They got Kelly Oubre. You remember the Kelly Oubre year? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So you know, that's, it's going to be an eventful next few months, but I just hope that by the start of next year, like the hierarchy is a little more solid or just everyone has a better sense of who they need to be. Like, again, this year mm-hmm. just kind of felt weird <laughs> from, from the first week, like they yeah. started losing all their road games. Like it was just pretty whack. So, I mean, I thought it was yeah. really cool to see them gut it out against Sacramento, you know, like, I think that yeah. showed that they're they're not entirely done. You know, they can put it together and they can with the right pieces, with the right help, probably win 
you know, hopefully one or two more. You, you never know, man. I, I think that um, there's still a chance if they keep if they keep Draymond and everyone stays. Cool, Matt. Well, uh, thank you once again, Randy, uh, for coming onto the show. Y'all can find Randy. Just look at the screen if you're on YouTube. But if you're not, uh, Randum, R-A-N-D-U-M-P-R-O-D on Twitter. Uh, definitely you should follow him. He, he, he's pretty funny on, on Twitter, especially about the Warriors. And uh, it's like, I'm always tweeting like, I don't know. I always feel like I'm tweeting like serious stuff. And I'm like, oh, I should, I, I got jokes. I'm pretty funny. No, but um, yeah, definitely follow Randy, man. Uh, cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Folk Society. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. <laughs>